Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. We have been talking about uh, worship, priming for our upcoming conference, September 17th and 18th. Uh, this is our Just annual... days away. Days away. Days away. Yeah, yes. it's this week. Yes, it is. That's right. September 17th and 18th is Friday and Saturday at Valley Shepherd Church. Dr. Robert Godfrey, Dr. Terry Johnson, go to ReformationVoice.com. If you register, you will get a gift certificate to spend at the book table. Of course, you can walk up, but you will miss out. So why not just register? What's stopping you? Go on your iPhone right now. ReformationVoice.com. Don't unless do you're if, driving. Unless you're driving. Don't I do mean, if Josh would, but we don't, we don't encourage that. <laughs> All right, so we've kind of been going through the different sessions that uh, Dr. Robert Godfrey and Dr. Terry Johnson are going to be speaking on. I was going to say, well, yes, we are going through those sessions, and they're, they're the titles of the sessions, and we're just offering up some thoughts Ideas, about, yeah. about these sessions. Yeah, we're what, not stealing from their notes or right. anything. Yeah. So um, it's an alliteration. First session is the call to worship. Second, the challenges to worship. Third, the content of worship. Fourth, the comfort of worship. So we already covered those first two. If you missed them, just subscribe to our podcast at The Gospel for Life. So today, we're talking about the content of worship. What is the proper content of our worship? The four of us pastors here uh, that, that do this show, we're, we're all from the Reformed tradition. And in our tradition, there's something called the regulative principle of worship, which is a mouthful that means that the content of worship should be drawn from the Word of God, uh, that um, the the scriptures of the Old and New Testament uh, authorize the content of worship. And uh, there's, there's, differing there's differing interpretations of the regulative principle. Um, and some, some churches have more latitude uh, and some are more strict about it. Uh, but the principle is that the content of worship is drawn from scripture. For us, we, we like to just talk about it in, in general terms. You can unpack this if you want, but um, that it, our worship should be God-centered, Christ-exalting, spirit-led, word-saturated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's the framework that we try to use as we are um, approaching the content of our worship. Does it fit that criteria? Mm-hmm. And so we try to make sure that anything that doesn't fit that criteria is not part of our worship service. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so it, a very that, Trinitarian foundation. Yep. Yep. Trinitarian foundation. We're, we're not just worshiping a generic God. That's right. That you should be glorifying the Father, exalting the, I mean, through the Son. So, I mean, the reason why we're gathering in worship is because of the person and work of Jesus Christ, what he's accomplished on behalf of sinful humanity that allows us to even be worshipers. Mm-hmm. And, and that it's spirit-led, that God is a spirit, and the only way we can know him and to 
to, to worship him is to have spiritual worship, which is spirit-directed, spirit-led, spirit-governed. And then all of that comes through, through God's Word. I don't think that, that first point can be overlooked because I think if you, if you compare like a, like a solid Reformed church to, to a, like a, maybe a mainline denomination that's, that's more liberal, a liberal church, uh, one of the, the stark differences that's going to be between those two different worship expressions is that a Reformed church is going to be very focused on the, the Trinity, whereas in a, a liberal church, it's going to be God in kind of generic terms. Now, now I'm, not, I'm not denying that Jesus won't be mentioned, mm-hmm. but it's a Jesus that is, that is um, unrecognizable from, from the pages of Scripture. Yeah, uh, and part of the issue, um, and I, I really I appreciate what both of you said, and, and um, that uh, that list that that Russ uh, ticked off um, is that's that's powerful, and it, and it all boils down to is is worship God centered or is it human centered? And you mentioned uh, liberal churches where where you can you know God is mentioned, but it's really all about us. Mm-hmm. But you know what? There's a lot of evangelical churches, so-called evangelical churches, where that's happening now too. Yeah, where where worship has become this kind of mass therapy uh, session to make you feel better. But it's if you if you really analyze what what's it all about, it's human centered rather than God centered. Yeah, and and I just want to be clear, and I I, th- I think the men in the room agree with me on this is. That there is isn't a church that's out there that's saying we're going to try to create a man-centered worship. Right, right. I mean, it's that the is, default position. That's though. correct. It's not. It's not. We are not saying that there are churches who are trying to manu- deliberately take the attention off of God and put it on man. Right. I don't believe that that's what they their intent is, but I do believe that that's what's happening. Yeah. And I believe it's easy to do. Because of each of our natural tendencies, each of us have a tendency to be inwardly focused, to have our attention curved in on ourselves. That's right. Um, And so what's true of us as individuals then becomes true of us as as churches. And so just hear us right. I mean, we're not trying to say, oh, there are churches out there that are deliberately attempting to take the attention and focus off of God. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know of those churches. Right, right. And um, But that's that can be our default. Yes. Uh, if there, There's a, an analogy uh, from uh, the 19th century uh, Danish philosopher who is also a Christian, Soren Kierkegaard, and he compared worship uh, to, a, to a theater. And he said that, that the, way, the way people often think of worship, and, and this is the, the human-centered approach, he said the way people often think of worship is that the pastor and the musicians are the performers on yeah. a stage. Yeah. And the congregation is the audience, and God is the hidden prompter behind the scenes who is prompting the pastor and the musicians. And he said, That's, that, that is completely backwards. He said, the way we should think of worship is that the congregation is the performers. They are the ones actively worshiping. Mm-hmm. The, the prompters who are prompting the congregation, leading them, that's the pastor and the musicians. And the audience is God. So 
when when you go into worship, think of it, uh, the content of worship, it's not for you, it's for him. It's for God. Yeah. And you are coming into worship to offer something, uh, to offer yourself in worship to God. That's right. I was just going to say that the, the, the incredible thing is that God-centered worship is what provides the greatest benefit to the person in attendance. Yeah, that's right. So when we, we actually have worship that's man-centered, it's actually the least helpful for man. Right. Yeah. The greatest thing that, the greatest gift that we have is the worship of the triune God yeah. in spirit and in truth. That's what's actually the most beneficial for us as, as individuals. That's right. And somehow we've got this all backwards in our mind that if we try to have worship that it creates an experience in the person that that's going to be the best for them. Yeah. And that's not actually true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, God-centered worship is actually what will will be the most influential, transformational, um, helpful, however you want to say it, yeah. for, for the actual person in attendance. So when we say God-centered, um, that's, that's pretty broad, pretty general. One of the things that we mean by that is that our, our worship has to have um, Christ, the, the person, the work of Christ, the gospel, be the, the, be the pinnacle. So when Jesus rose from the dead, he was on the road to Emmaus, he then spoke to his disciples afterward, he told them, uh, listen, these are the words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me, Christ, in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So if on a Sunday morning, your pastor is, is preaching on David and Goliath or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace, and he doesn't get to the gospel, doesn't get to Christ, then he's missed the main point of the scriptures. Yes. What is Dave, the story of David Goliath ultimately pointing to? Jesus defeating sin, death, and hell for us. Yes. What is the main point of the, the, the three boys in the furnace of fire? The main point is that Jesus went into the fire for us and suffered the wrath of God so that we could be saved and brought into his presence. If we're missing that, we're missing the main point of the Bible. Right, and it's very easy, even for preachers that know better, instead of preaching the gospel to reduce Scripture to legalism. Let's let's take the story of the three boys in the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The temptation for the preacher is to say, well, look how courageous these three boys were. Uh, look how they stood for God. You be like them. Congregation, be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. Well, now, we teach our know, children those things. Dare to be a Daniel or only a boy named David. Yes. And so we try to make them into that person rather than pointing them to that person's God. Yes, we do, we do that all the time. And when you say... When when a when the when the central message is be like this, okay, that's just legalism. Uh, that, that's just that's just putting a burden on people, and that's not gospel. The the, the gospel is about what Christ has done for us, mm-hmm. not what we do for Him. Mm-hmm. And the passage that Josh was um, reading from before, from Luke 24, Jesus was telling, twice in that chapter, tells the, the disciples that all of the scriptures are, are ultimately about him. Yes. And so when we talk about God-centered worship, what, we, what we're saying is that God gets to decide what's in our worship 
and he has communicated that to us in his word. And we have the next step from Luke 24 that Jesus is saying, oh, and by the way, just so you're clear, all of the word is about me. Um, so we, we do have these beautiful helps that God has given to help us hopefully do God-centered worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and God-centered worship is according to his word. And so God's word should permeate every aspect of our worship service. That's right. We should be reading his word, preaching the word, singing the word, praying the word. That that's Seeing the word seeing, in the sacraments. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a helpful guide for whether the, your church is, is truly God-centered or, or in, inadvertently man-centered. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, uh, we're, we're talking about this topic because of the Reformation Boise Conference coming up. This is our annual conference coming up every year. Uh, this year we have Dr. Robert Godfrey, Dr. Terry Johnson. It's this weekend. And maybe the reason why some of us are so excited about this, we didn't get to have this conference last year. These were the speakers that were supposed Something to come. Something happened last no, year. No, no, I remember. <laughs> Something was, weird in 2020. Weird. I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, it's, it's, it escapes me. Well, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we, these were the speakers <laughs> that were, were going to come then, and they graciously agreed to come this year instead. And so we've had a, a little bit of a hiatus. Us, and so we're super excited. Um, so we should about, have double the attendance Exactly. This year. For sure. For sure. <laughs> so if you go to ReformationBoise.com, you can find out the details there. You know, when the doors open this coming Friday night, when the doors open on Saturday morning. Of course, we're going to have lunch on site. We're not providing it, but, you know, please consider, you know, us, you know, um, paying for lunch so that these uh, people will come back. Also, there's a book table for everybody who registers. There's going to be a gift certificate in your registration packet. So please register. Go to ReformationBoys.com. We will see you this weekend. Bye. 